You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. We'll be talking about Led Zeppelin 2. In the room, I have Rob <laughs> and Ben. <laughs> Led Zeppelin 2 is the second album by the English rock band Led Zeppelin, released on the 22nd of October 1969 in the United States and the 31st October 1969 in the UK by Atlantic Records. The genre is hard rock, heavy metal, blues, and the producer was Jimmy Page. And from All Music Reviews, Steve Thomas Irwine. Recorded quickly during Led Zeppelin's first American tour, Led Zeppelin II provided the blueprint for all the heavy metal bands that followed it. Since the group could only enter the studio for a brief amount of time, most of the songs that comprise two are reworked blues and rock and roll standards that the band was performing on stage at the time. Not only did the short amount of time result in a lack of original material, it made the sound more direct. Jimmy Page still provided layers of guitar overdubs, but the overall sound of the album was heavy and hard, brutal and direct. Whole Lot of Love, The Lemon Song, and Bring It On Home are based on classical blues songs. Only the riffs are simpler and louder, and each song has an extended section for instrumental solos. Of the remaining six songs, two sport light acoustic touches, Thank You and Ramble On, but the other four are straight-ahead heavy rock that follows the formula of the revamped blues song. While Led Zeppelin II doesn't have the eclectic mix of the group's debut, it's argued more influential. After all, nearly every one of the hundreds of Zeppelin imitators used this record with its lack of dynamics and its pummeling riffs as a blueprint. All right, what do we think of Led Zeppelin II? The return of Led Zeppelin. I can do without it. Hmm. Speak more about why. Um, I think this falls into the same category as uh, the complaints I had on CCR and the complaints I had on uh, the second uh, Jimi Hendrix record. Rushed. Yeah, fucking rushed with nothing to add. Like, the, all of this stuff seems like, and, and I know they went in and recorded, but yeah, it, it seems rushed. They didn't give, the, there wasn't enough time to actually, like, put anything new down and i and yeah it, it the, this this stinks of a cash grab to me um, what about the hobbit shit what about it i thought you would appreciate the hobbit shit why 
second one is when they introduced the yeah, Hobbit. Yeah, they kind of had some folk stuff, but moving on is definitely related but, to the Hobbit. Like R- Rambolon? Like, Rambolon, yeah, well, yeah, like There's literal references to Mordor and Gollum. Yeah. Sure. Okay, yeah. So I, I like the I like one of the three singles off of this <laughs> record, and everything else is just kind of like long-winded, like, bluesy stuff. Uh, he, he wants to give me every inch of his love, guys. He wants you to squeeze his lemon. I, he, and he's going to make a noise. <laughs> I forget what noise he said, but it, it's gross. And I did feel the... It, it's uh, like it's the, so fucking forced and gross. The, I hate it. Yeah, the lemon song was a little... Uh, I don't know. Not, I don't want to say amateur, because I would never call... Uh, they could just pass the buck because the riff and the lyrics are from two different sources. Yeah, neither yeah. of them lends up. <laughs> yeah, again, they kind of pick up on on these different blues motifs or different lyrics from other songs and uh, kind of combine all of this into a cohesive song. And then Jimmy Page is just there, like noodling, completely, which is cool, riffing. Yeah, and speaking of and being awesome. Yeah, apparently. The guitar solo in Heartbreaker, the extended guitar solo, mm-hmm. according at least to Eddie Van Halen and Steve Vai, was the first time they had heard anyone doing a, a tapping. tapping. Yeah. And they said listening to him play the guitar solo from Heartbreaker was what inspired both of their guitar styles. So there's that. I believe it. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about him for a second. I mean... He can create the best song out of a rough structure. I think that's the magic of Jimmy Page and of Led Zeppelin, is he can have a very basic structure and then decide to do, like on the first song, Whole Lot of Love. Those those simple little like scrapes, mm-hmm. those guitar scrapes, sounds like nothing I ever hear on a blues song it sounds kind of like delta slide guitar but it's different uh things like heartbreaker simple riff it's a cool riff very cool riff but it just like like you were saying there's extended parts and he knows how to create this this space also he has a pretty good backing band i mean weak link in this band and there wouldn't have been there wouldn't have been a weak link in this band had Robert Plant no instrumental talent. But he's actually a, a sick harmonica player. I don't know, that's all I gotta say. I wouldn't say sick, but he's good. Okay. Okay. Good. Sick. Sicker than me. <laughs> he's no John Popper sick. He's no John Popper. But he's got a cold for the harmonica. I mean, he's no little Walter. Like, be- because of, like, how th- all this shit is stacked up, like, going from Zeppelin 1 into Zeppelin 2, like, it's night and day, like, which one's better? Is but it, though? I think so. I prefer Zeppelin 1, but I think that the general consensus, would, I think Zeppelin 2 is a really popular record. It is. Zeppelin 2 also had, the hits off Zeppelin 2 were bigger hits. Very, so there's, there's very that. much. Whole lot of love was huge. Heartbreaker was huge. Ramble on was a hit. Yep. Maybe and, and what is and what should never be mm-hmm. was some, also a hit. Some yeah. of the shit I liked off of uh, Zeppelin one specifically was just like a bit more bombastic and like you know bigger. And I guess like the uh, the review was talking like this is all pretty much like 
like one note like th- this is where like this is our dynamic range this is exactly where we're going to be um and it is and, less and, dynamic. and maybe I'm missing that I, I don't know and I I could have a completely different like take on this record had we not had to listen to the two of them like pew, pew. right um I, it's probably that they weren't yet in their what I would call quoting like, sort of like mature phase and they wanted the hard rock they they wanted all these songs to be like a super heavy song, a riff based song, and they didn't want to present sort of these strange ideas. I feel like bands sometimes they start off with this with their first album and they kind of throw a lot of stuff at the wall, right? Because they're still finding their their footing or something. Uh, so that they have oh let's throw in this kind of song, let's throw in this kind of song, and they realize that. Everybody loved, loved the hard rock, heavy hitting blues songs. So they probably just said, you know what? Mostly those songs for the second album. I think that the heavy songs on the first album hit harder than the heavy songs on the second album. It might be an unpopular opinion. No, I agree. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I, th- this, the, um, maybe it's because the first record had a little more, uh, Maybe it was a couple of different styles that they were playing around with where the blues aspect wasn't as prevalent. Okay, but yeah. But every one of these songs is just 12-bar blues. Absolutely. And it's not as exciting. Again. And, and, I, w- and, I wouldn't say every song is 12-bar oh, blues, but, but you, I understand you, what you're you saying. Get, you I get my, your point. You get my yeah, gist. Yeah. Um, and, and because of that, like that may just be my blues bias. Yeah, yeah, I see. If you want to start that band, <laughs> you have blues, blues bias. Blues bias. <laughs> I want to make a T-shirt for you. That's just like I have blues bias. I'm sorry. A whole bunch of blues fans would show up to your show and be like, "Oh, I'm sorry, you misunderstood." <laughs> I should have been more specific. And I, I'm no way trying to denigrate the uh, the band. They are still very good, and tight, they're, they're, yeah. they're 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 yeah. It's 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 super tight. It's just it's not it's boring to me. Like the, the, this record has a lot more boring shit in it than the. Uh, it than the does first one. sound a bit more like that traditional English blues rock. It does. But things like Ramble On and Heartbreaker are so good. 
Uh, oh, and also Moby Dick. Moby Dick's tight. I am normally not a fan of extended drum solos. I have several exceptions. I was going to ask you about it. I think I think this drum solo is cool. That being said, I don't like ever feel like listening to Moby Dick. Mm. I'm never like, oh man, you know what sounds good right now? Moby Dick. Unless you're talking about the Louisville-based fried fish restaurant. Okay. Which happens <laughs> monthly. <laughs> it's a whale of a sandwich. It's you a got whale there. of a sandwich, guys. <laughs> Brought to you by Moby Dick. Where, I expect my crate of Moby Dick in the mail, please. As far as drum solos go, it's a really good one. It's dynamic. It's musical. He plays it with his bare hands, which is just really tough. Apparently, it would draw blood when he would play it live. All of that stuff's cool. All of that stuff's cool. It's a really dr- good drum solo as far as extended drum solos go. I will always prefer a drum fill to a drum solo at the end of the day, though. I see. Okay. Yeah. But man, that guy's good at drums. And you can, and they're on display on Moby Dick. What is your favorite drum fill? Uh, that'd probably be In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> now, I'd have to get back to you. I don't know what my favorite one is. Honestly, if I had to pick one, I'd I'd go with uh, Dave Grohl's Songs for the Deaf. Oh, that's, dude. That's pretty great. <laughs> dude. <laughs> that, entire, okay, yeah. that entire record is a master class. And why did you stop playing drums, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a contender. Yeah. And not just one specific one from that song, no. but like a- any of them from that song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is song from the de- for the deaf in this book? Yes, it, it is. Fucking better okay. be. Good, yeah. good. So, yeah, Adam's not with us, but he he wanted to mention that the production for Led Zeppelin is very tight, the playing's exceptional, and the lyrics are juvenile. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. I, I kind of do, too. I feel like they, as they went on, they they got into better uh, better lyrics. They grew as a band. Good for them. You know, you say they grew into better lyrics. On Zeppelin Two, I think Thank You was the first song that Robert Plant actually wrote the lyrics to. Other, before that, it was either ripped off of a blues song or Jimmy Page. I guess you could say that the immature lyrics you could credit to Jimmy Page. And if you think that they matured in, after this album, maybe it's because... Robert Plant turned out to be a, a, a decent ly- lyricist. Well, yeah, he was interested in the occult. And, and, and hobbits and, and shit. And hobbits and shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I, I would definitely say that. I don't know how much more I can just say, uh, lay praise upon their playing. They're, they're one of the tightest bands I feel like we've covered. Yeah. Even so far. Do you think they're tighter than the Jimi Hendrix experience? I do, because I think he was more reined in than Jimmy was. Okay. Now, I did think about Jimmy when I was doing research to this, and everyone was comparing, you know, The Who, John Entwistle, to John Paul Jones, you know, and saying, you know, the only other person who could, you know, hold a candle to were these two. But I was thinking about Jimi Hendrix and Jimmy Page, and, you know, like, oh, if you had a... Who's considered better, or where do they fall in, you know, in inspiring guitarists and things like that? And what I thought is, Jimi Hendrix is more innovative, mm-hmm. where he's just willing just to throw his guitar down and like pull the strings out and like have those weird and off, uh, strange things going out. But I feel like Jimmy Page is more controlled in his dynamics 
and his like innovation with these like technical things. That would make sense. He's his background is studio gun. Right. He's like he, he came up as a studio gun, and then it seems like with like Yardbirds and Led Zeppelin, he's finally given a long leash to like to explore like all the like he's mastered these techniques and the tightness, and now he has like free reign to like explore the instrument. Right. You know. Dude, I had never listened to John Paul Jones do bass stuff. That motherfucker's insane. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he's another studio. He's so low in the mix. Gun. For as much as he's doing. Yeah, that's fucking bananas. Yeah. He's low in the mix, but you can hear it. It's he's, clear. Hear, I think it's the right place for a bass guitar in the mix, but for as much as he's playing, he's like playing like lead bass. It's he the same thing. Is. It's <laughs> the same thing with the Who, though. That's true. Yeah. It's not. It doesn't stand out a lot, but when you listen for it and you hear it, damn. All right, what'd you think, Rob? Um, a, a neutral for me on mm-hmm. this, and uh, again, it may be too many Led Zeppelin records back to back, but I, I don't think that it's as good as their uh, their first record, and I think it's rushed. Um, Twenty one twelve. <laughs> someday we will be rushed. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it was too soon after they didn't have any like actual original material. They did their best with you know well. They, this is obviously Led Zeppelin, yeah, but it's not. It's not their shit, right? Would you say that you you could have just combined the first and second album, and it kind of would just felt like you could almost? I wouldn't fuck with that first album. No, no, but I'm saying I I can see myself getting confused on if what song was on the first album was on the second album, from them kind of sounding a little bit similar. But I would definitely know if it was like the third or fourth album. Yeah. Like, what's on, what songs are on that? I would say this much. If I had to pick a band doing a cover record on their second major label debut, I would probably go with Nirvana's Incesticide over this, but I would take this over the Spaghetti Incident. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's, neg- That's a, a neutral. I, I, I agree with a lot of the points that Rob has brought up on this album. I don't think this is a perfect album. I'm still going to give it a positive. I have no beef with this with this record. Uh, it's not my favorite Zeppelin album, but it is a solid hard rock, blues rock record. You know, you can't take that away from it. I just put on Heartbreaker. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to give it a double positive. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, the singles are really good. <laughs> I like Zeppelin one better than this. I like Zeppelin four better than this. I 
probably like Houses of the Holy better than this, but but th- that can't take away from this record. I think this is still just like a really solid hard rock record. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I just feel like it has enough merit to kind of warrant a positive for for myself, and it just yeah, I, I just like Led Zeppelin. They just rock in in a way that's that no other band does. I think when it comes down to it, we just like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I do find it interesting with this book, like how many have a similar idea. However, it sold so many too. I mean, I feel like this book goes off of album sales as well. Of and, course. And they're one of the... But Zeppelin 1 didn't sell well, right? Wasn't it like a later later thing? No. It hit, pre- well? it hit pretty, pretty instantly. Okay. Yeah. Like its predecessor... Number two was immediate hit on 69 and topping American charts two months after its release, spending seven weeks at number one. I know what I was thinking. Unfavorable Rolling Stone reviews. There could be a whole... Is there a book on unfavorable Rolling Stone reviews of classic albums? Every Devo record. <laughs> is there, like some, some, of the, some of the most groundbreaking, like genre-changing records we've covered in this book... Oh, open the Wikipedia page. One of the big paragraphs is like Rolling Stone uh, originally hated it. originally hated by Rolling Stone because like, it wasn't from fucking San Francisco. Those pieces of shit. And then like always like backtracked in the eighties. Yeah, know? yeah. The first Led Zeppelin it was initially poorly received from Rolling Stone magazine. They asserted that the band was little than a twin of the Jeff Beck group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet that. Oh, I bet it really grinded Jimmy Page's gears. Oh, I bet he hated that. <laughs> it burns. <laughs> All right, next time we'll be talking about the MC5. Kick out the jam. Motherfucker! <laughs> All right, thanks, y'all.